Eat nuts and kick butts, all our buddies, and welcome to the Squirrel Scouts of America! It's us three guys! Squirrel Scout Double Dare, Squirrel Scout Space Cadet, and Squirrel Scout Bubbles. Here to tell you all about everybody's favorite unbeatable student at Empire State University, computer science. Uh, I, for my part, am Squirrel Scout Double Dare, old CW they call me. Who here is joining me? Go in alphabetical order of either Squirrel Scout name or real name or secret name. Ah, uh, I think I win both of those, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I'm Squirrel Scout Bubbles, also known as Andrew. Hey, buddy. That's hey. a way to say your name. <laughs> I'm Squirrel Scout Space Cadet, also known as Nicholas Cohen from the final pod- Podblum. Uh, yep, that's yeah, the name you are, buddy. But it's true. Yeah, Nicholas uh, agreed yeah. <laughs> to do this project. Well, first and foremost, we wanted to do a project with Andrew because uh, his yes. <laughs> his visit over at the final Podblum for the three gear. You know episode. me from such works as one episode of the final Podblum, <laughs> exactly, and from Good Game Great Game RSVP. Yeah, the late Good Game Great Game RSVP. <laughs> yeah, rest so very peacefully. What R O F L oh, okay. Good Game Good Game. Great I've never game. heard that one. <laughs> That's right. I had a younger folk like use the acronym CTFU to me, and I was like, "I don't. What is that? What is what? that acronym?" And in my brain, I was just like, uh, "Is it? Is it just shut the fuck up?" <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean? Apparently, a... it's cracking the fuck up. So it's just another way to laugh. Uh, all right. What all a right. very strange like thing to abbreviate. It's a yeah. I was to, like, okay, to squirrels because nuts. And you crack them. There it is. Oh, bringing us back on track. Yeah. Andrew, I believe you have some experience reading the comic books, yes? Yes. Uh, it's been a while, though, since I like read anything with any real consistency. So, diving Fair back enough. in, really. All right. And, cool. Nicholas, you had never, up to I've this never point, read a, comic read book a in my single life. funny book, had you? Nope. Okay. Never. The and closest thing I ever only... came was one time uh, they, did the, they did the Pokemon mangas. With like sure. red and blue and all that stuff, I, I read like a few pages of one of those. So that's my that is my full exposure to comic books. Like, dead, I right never <laughs> never read a comic book before. Like, I've seen well, no, I mean you stores, were a but... you were a white kid in Christian school in the early two thousands. You definitely read comic some manga, books were but still, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, other than that, okay. one Pokemon, one time, no, no comic books ever. Yep. So yeah. I, I've been very eager to hear your thoughts, but I also wanted to save them all for the air. The only thing you have texted me about your experience was, man, comics are weird. <laughs> and, and admittedly, this is not a typical book to start on for a lot of reasons. But tell, tell, us, about <laughs> yeah. your, tell us about your experience here. Um, <laughs> so I, it, to me, the thing that like, I, that always seemed to be kind of, uh, like a turnoff about comic books is that there doesn't seem mm-hmm. to be any rules. Like there's so many alternate universes that if a character dies, they're going to come back later. So you can't really, it seems to me like there wouldn't be any drama that way, but with this one, I'm not too right. concerned because it doesn't really seem like there's very, it's, it's very, I don't want to say like totally kid friendly because it's definitely not like geared towards children or anything like that, right. but it's much more tame and light than a lot of the like darker like Batman type of like yeah comic books that I've like seen referenced and that are like the big comic books that you like assume people are reading when they talk about comic books right. but this is much more fun and just like goofy I guess like I know comic books it don't is. make sense and superheroes are kind of just uh there's a lot of like it's it's sort of like magic but with powers instead of actual magic magic um oh there's sometimes actual magic magic oh well there you go so um 
yeah i don't know i honestly don't know what to expect uh at all <laughs> like at all <laughs> but did you enjoy yeah, it yeah it was really fun um i liked it i like this one for a lot of different reasons which i will wait to say until the proper time in the podcast because i've done a podcast now I i'm excited yeah. Uh, yeah, you know what's up. Look at you, <laughs> professional, announcing what you're going to do in a few minutes' time and yep. then not doing it just then. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, uh, let's jump. Well, okay, Andrew, you, you, you have some comics experience. What before the, what, were, what, was your, what was your main read pool? Uh, my primary focus was uh, X-Men. Just because, sure. like, I just always loved teams. I didn't like... It was hard for me in some of the comics, like a Batman or, or that sort of thing, to just mm-hmm. like like one character enough to want to follow them for mm-hmm. a bajillion issues. Whereas like X Men gives you storylines for different characters, and like yeah, there's obviously some who are more major in each particular X Men series, but um, mm-hmm. I don't know. So they were always like a team. It was it was more like superhero teams. X Men was the main one. Mm-hmm. I definitely read some other stuff here or there. Um, I read Aquaman sometimes just because he was, like, the only blonde superhero that I knew for a long time. And I was like, one person with my hair. <laughs> like, <Yep>. representation. <laughs> <laughs> Which, in retrospect, is, is <laughs> a whole bigger issue than blonde hair. But, you know, here we are. I, I was going to um, say, there's some, there's something, yeah. <laughs> something in there. Uh, anyway. Mm. Um, so that was, like, my main thing. And then I read a lot of manga. Um, sure. So, like... Yeah, with comic books, the only stuff I ever read was the darker, grittier kind of things. Right. So uh, this was a refreshing thing just in the sense of like, oh, it's a it's like a silly comedic take on a comic. I only, I've only gotten this from manga before. You right. Know? It is. It's so light and funny. It's written by Ryan North, um, who some people may recognize as the author of Dinosaur Comics, um, as in the, the Green T-Rex and the Utah Raptor, and it's the same yep. every time. No, never mind. Nope. This sounds um, absolutely also, bad shit, though. <laughs> With no context also, whatsoever. <laughs> never mind. Uh, he also <laughs> wrote. Uh, he also wrote the first ten volumes of the Adventure Time comics. So when they were still oh, good, okay. I know um, Adventure Time. Although, well, I mean, Chris Hastings took over after Ryan North's run, and it was still pretty good. Um, Chris Hastings known for Doctor McNinja, among other things. But um, anyway, I love comics a whole lot. I love Ryan North's work a whole lot because he is a silly, good-hearted goon, and he has a dog named Gnome. Chomsky, uh, <laughs> who I love on Twitter. Uh, anyway, um, my my comics experience, the, I had never really read any capes, any, like, Marvel or DC. I mean, I did some obligatory Batman stuff when I got into the genre, just because that's a fairly safe, you know, first step. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, my, my main stuff was always, I enjoyed a lot of Vertigo, and for a long time, Vertigo was where DC, uh, who does Batman and, and all those guys, ditched their weird stuff. And that's where um, mm. Neil Gaiman's Sandman came in. Sandman was yeah. my first comic. and is, is Sandman I have favorite. also read. Mm-hmm. Sandman is... It's so man, good. It's, it's so uh, good. Nicholas, when you're ready, when you've, when you've built up those comic muscles, we're going to expose you to, uh, to the Endless. I'm totally but, cool um, with that. I've heard a lot about Sandman from even people who don't read comics uh, as it yeah. being really good, so I would totally well, dip into that. Along, along with Watchmen, it was one of the things that proved that comics could be both legitimate art and legitimate literature. Um, so it's mm. it's considered the paterfamilias, sort of, of the serious grown-up comics line, oh, um, and had an interesting spiritual successor, um, 
in the unwritten. That's a whole thing. I care about comics a lot, and mm-hmm. I read a whole bunch of them for like 10 years, and then I was like, man, these are expensive and taking up a lot of space, and it turns out when you move to Arizona and you have to take several hundred pounds of comics with you, you start selling them shits off. But uh, <laughs> then I learned about comics. That was comicsology. me with my National Geographic magazines. God, I had like 300 yeah. issues at one point. I was like, where did these even come from? They were just growing on their own. National <laughs> Geographic. <laughs> yeah, which tells you way more about me than like you ever needed to know. So It's like, it's a thing I could feel being true about you, but didn't actively know. Yeah. Like it was... <laughs> the, no, not surprised at all. Vintage, like old... Na- I, I've got issues from like the <laughs> 40s and 30s. It's cool. The uh-huh. ads in there for like... The cars Super at the time are yeah. no, well, like yeah, sometimes, but yeah, no, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> but um, but still, like it's really, it's like having a little piece of history there with the yeah, no, it's yeah, like, that is pretty cool, but um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, so that was when I got into comicsology because I was a I was a big Kindle guy and I still am. Mm-hmm. And Amazon was like, "Hey, bro, uh, you want to read these comics real, real cheap?" Once Amazon acquired comicsology, uh, there's a thing where if you buy a comic digitally through Amazon frequently, you can also read it on comicsology. And I was like, "I don't know anything about this Squirrel Girl, but I do like that Ryan North." So I bought the first one and was instantly hooked. And that's what actually got me into Marvel. That's what got me into Capes. And oh, I've oh, I've wow. really stuck with a lot of the like more fun, light-sided stuff. I also really love Ms. Marvel, um, who, well, in her current carnation, Kamala Khan, the uh, the young Pakistani kick-ass guardian of um, New Jersey. And just Marvel's younger lines are doing a lot of good work, both with just, like, really, not light-hearted necessarily, but good-hearted content mm. and representation. She's a young, you know, Muslim hero out there just kicking ass, and it's great. Yeah. Spider-Man, you know what you're getting into with Spider-Man. You know it's going to be a good time. <laughs> Anyway, so once I got into comicsology, my comics reading uh, became so much more expensive because I don't know about you cats, but when I buy something online, it hits the pleasure center of, yay, I just bought something, but not the money center of, oh, that cost us money. So (laughs) real bad. Anyway. Dangerous. All right. Yes. So this is starting point for Squirrel Girl for all of us. Uh, We open up Squirrel Girl and Tippy Toes. Toe. Singular. Which, what a <laughs> cute name. Oh, my God. Yes. Um, brief history of Squirrel Girl. She was actually, as we'll, as we'll see later in the volume, I think they actually find the original special she was in. Uh, she was introduced in one Iron Man story ever from, like, 91 uh, in a completely oh, yeah? different completely yeah. different form. It's a garbage story. But uh, okay. she, had, she had a different squirrel then named Monkey Joe. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's yep. a choice. <laughs> That's a choice. And you'll see, as as the series goes on, there are a lot more squirrels with much more this names. So it's So it's, she already existed as a character before this series. Correct. She was okay. a one off uh character who actually she was a real bumbler, like she got in um Tony Stark's way like a whole bunch mm-hmm. and ruined his uh fight with Doctor Doom and stuff. And that's another oh. thing is that like the Marvel Cinematic Universe has given us, like, a really strong idea of what characters interact and which ones go where, but that's just because of licensing bullshit. Like, in the comics, mm-hmm. there's the yeah. X-Men and the Avengers together. You've got mm-hmm. Doctor Doom hanging out with, with the Spider-Man and all kinds of stuff. It's wild. So the first <laughs> time I ever saw Doctor Doctor Doom fighting Iron Man, I thought I had eaten the, the good candy. But... Uh, <laughs> See, it was funny because when I just, again, knowing nothing about comics, knowing nothing about any of the universes, when I first looked at the, like, cover, 
I thought that she wasn't going to have any powers. I thought that she was literally just some girl who was really into superheroes and had, like, taken on a superhero identity and that she wanted, at least purely on the cover art, I thought she was just going to be some, like, huge fan of superheroes and, like, hey, look, I'm a superhero too, so I can, like, you know, work with you guys and all that stuff. But I was happy to learn that she did have powers because that's more interesting. But, like, that was what, that was my initial impression by the cover. Um, well, so. you know, what's interesting, that's actually almost exactly the story of Kamala Khan, Ms. Marvel. Uh, like, she oh, does seriously? have powers and she gets them. Yeah, but she. Oh, okay. what's interesting is that this takes place in a world where there is Marvel, where there is, like, superhero fandom. So Kamala Khan lives in this world, but she meets Wolverine one time, and she's like, oh my god, Wolverine, I won a fan fiction contest one time with a story I wrote where you and Storm <laughs> fight Galactus, and Wolverine has <laughs> no idea. How to cope with that. Wolverine that can take down a 300-foot genocide awesome. robot, but you tell him... Oh, my God. <laughs> you tell him that there are 65,000 words out there talking about his pecs, and he cannot handle it. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I, I really like meta stuff like that. Just, like, in-universe references to that. That's that's yeah. good stuff right there. It's very good. Yeah. Oh, well, and, and that reminds me. Um, we are going issue by issue. Uh, Squirrel Girl finished its run just a couple of months ago. It is done now um, with a total of, I believe, 55 issues, um, counting Marvel restarts its continuity every time, so they actually have two number ones through number fives. It's complicated. Mm. Don't worry about it. But yeah. we're starting at number one. Every issue right. is going to be its own episode. So... Yes, we open up Squirrel Girl and Tippy Toe reclining in a tree, singing her theme song, which bears no resemblance to any other theme song anyone has ever heard ever. <laughs> Definitely nope, not the Not at all. One. And it shows you literally the the power of scansion. Because yeah. my first note, my first note was like, I was humming the song in my head to mm-hmm. a tune. It took me the first page to figure out what tune I was humming it to, and then the joke footnote at the bottom of the second page mentioned the Spider-Man theme song, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> That's another thing I really love. One of my favorite things about these comics is that um, Ryan North, he, he wrote Dinosaur Comics for, I think, almost 20 years now, and every, every it's a webcomic, and every individual comic has... Uh, a tooltip, a, um, a hover text joke that relates to the thing, and also one in, like, the subject line. There are, like, three secret ones. But when he started writing comics, he was like, no, no, I need a way to put extra goofs in there. So they just let him put extra jokes at the bottom of every page. And he does it in Adventure Time, too. Because they're like, fuck, he's Ryan North. They're all good. Oh, my God. I love it. Well, I mean, like, one of my one of my favorite books of all time is uh, Good Omens by yeah. Terry Pratchett and Neil mm-hmm. Gaiman. Half of the humor of that book is the footnotes at the bottom Correct. of every page. I love a goddamn footnote. Yeah. <laughs> have you have you read uh, Pratchett widely besides that? Um, I am. I'd say I'm like I've read fifty percent of Discworld at some point or another. That's fair. Um, I have not really delved into other Pratchett stuff besides Discworld as of yet. It's yeah. like. Oh, I meant list, Discworld. Although... No, nobody, nobody means non-Discworld when they say yeah. Pratchett. Yeah. So um, I'm about fifty percent. I have now like I'm gonna start. I'm planning to start over. Like I have uh, the Color of Magic again. Sure. Just got it from the library before everything shut down, and now it's mine forever, basically. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> Come and get it, City of New York. <laughs> <laughs> Take it. Um, so I'm planning on like kind of starting each of the storylines now that I've like looked up like oh these right. are the Discworld storylines I was just reading random books and now I'm like oh you should follow through lines right. uh, but yeah mm-hmm. Pratchett's Pratchett's one of my boys yeah Pratchett's amazing I had a dream about him dying two days before it happened and I have uh. always considered that the primary <laughs> like the only psychic event in my life 
Yeah. It's, that anyway. was one of the only celebrity deaths that's ever really hit me hard. I don't mm. usually get that affected by them, but I was like crying that day. You know mm. what? I I genuinely believe we have t- we have talked about on the Podblum how Nick and I are uh, not necessarily a spiritual or a religious or non religious men. We believe there could be stuff. There might be stuff. Who knows? But that the physical universe that we inhabit is made of glass and knives and infinite cold, and uh, everything is is ultimately mechanical and explainable, even if it's not understandable at our level. But like. Right. I, maybe everybody gets one. Maybe everybody gets, like, one. Because I, I genuinely believe that, like... Well, because Terry Pratchett had... He had Alzheimer's. He had a degenerative brain disease. Mm-hmm. And it, it, mm-hmm. it, it just... He declined over years. And I genuinely believe in my heart that, like, the love that was born for him uh, through all of his readers and all the generations of people, that, like, the the size of that caused some, like psychic tidal pull when his ship started to pull out of port or something i would mm-hmm. be very interested to know if i'm the only one who had some kind of some kind of dream or or some kind of something because like i mean the day you, you hear stories all around about how like the day of 9-11 or 9-11 as they call it you, the day of <laughs> the day of wednesday the first um like hundreds of people reported waking up crying before they even knew what was happening and like that shit's yeah. apocryphal there's there's no way of you know, verify. Yeah, no, that, it absolutely obviously. does an atmospheric mm. energetic shift. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So. Yeah, there's some. And you you don't have to say it's magic or or start you know putting crystals in your nose to to think that maybe there's some wavelength. <laughs> Although, feel all. free to try that if you want to. By <laughs> all <it> means, <laughs> I don't tell anyone how to live their lives. If you like crystals up your nose, go for it. <laughs> By the way, Andrew, have you seen you've seen good ni- uh, not good knives? That's good omens. Uh, knives out, <laughs> surely. <laughs> no. I missed it. I'm gonna. Watch. I'm gonna find. Gotta, I have so much time right now. I was I'm gonna, gonna say you got the time. It's <laughs> so really good. good. But my favorite yeah. thing about it, uh, it, well, first of all, that it's really good. But my favorite thing is that Gwyneth Paltrow has just become an acceptable target in our culture. <laughs> like, there's what a, does that have to do um, with you, Knives Out? You, well, the uh, the the hippy dippy. I just think like that that mom. Oh mom yeah, yeah, the, that yeah. character. Yeah, yeah. her. Uh, there's a character I mean, on Modern the Family. Thing. If you name a company Goop, I'm gonna make fun of you. Yeah, you're asking for. I don't know what you want, right? (laughs) You're giving it right to us. Yeah. So, Squirrel Girl, they're singing their song, and what appears to transpire? Oh no, it is a mugging. Yeah, she takes them all out like really easily while singing her theme song, which I thought was like really funny. Um, And then she has like a squirrel for her friend, for a best friend. She doesn't seem like an extremely social socially adept person at this point yeah. like not anti-social like she's not a nerd or anything but uh like i just realized like three nerds right here but like uh yeah I wasn't no, gonna she... say <laughs> yeah so she's kind of just like she seems like one of those girls who like is more like has more animal friends than people friends uh correct yeah, but, like, extremely good heart. Like, extremely just nice mm-hmm. person. Like, just expects yeah. the best out of everybody. Maybe, like, a little naive, but um, not, yeah. like, ridiculously so, I don't think. Just initial impression. How social can you be if you're squatting in the mansion of the Avengers attic, as we learned? Yeah, yeah. You so... would be surprised. <laughs> Fair. Was that just, like, a throwaway <laughs> joke, or was she actually, like, is it, they just needed somewhere for her to be, like, have a, she couldn't just have a regular apartment or anything like that wasn't interesting enough <laughs> so here's the thing 
how do you not know that someone's in your attic first of all like a whole person <laughs> well like when you're out fighting like ultron and stuff you probably have better i mean bigger That's things to true. worry about but but counterpoint there was a box of hulk pants in the attic and hulk, you know no. he needs pants frequently oh hulk yeah pants parenthesis torn oh sure okay <laughs> he keeps them he keeps the old pants. well yeah they're a memento, obviously. You find I guess, one good yeah. leg and another good leg. You put them together, maybe. For every fight, <laughs> you got, you got a pair of ripped shorts. Yeah, to you know, remember just, it by. Just, and you're like, yeah, <laughs> I remember this rip. It's when that buzzsaw got me. Yeah, yeah. All right. Why is that the only Hulk battle I could come up with is a buzzsaw? <laughs> I don't know. I want to see it, though. Right. <laughs> it sounds right. I've, I've never read a Hulk comic in my life. He's not an interesting character to me, but I want to see him fight no, somebody with a No, I don't like the Hulk saw. either. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, this episode, by the way, is brought to you by our first sponsor, uh, Hulk's Store for Big, Tall, and Green Men. Uh, and so there are all mm. these boxes in the attic. There are nuts, tree, nuts, miscellaneous, cool clothes, cute clothes, clothes that climb on rocks, Hulk pants torn, and uh, one very small box that just says Ant-Man's Ant Plans, which made me very happy. I loved that. <laughs> I loved that. Really and that's good. one of the things I really love about this book is that it 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 swings very hard, very quickly, letting you know what kind of world this is and what kind of story it's going to be. Like, like what kind of mm-hmm. production it is, like, yeah. meta-textually speaking. Because, like, they didn't have to yeah, put that dumb joke in there. It's very effective. Like, I, you, if you've ever listened to Good Game, Great Game, you know I'm a good world-building boy. That it's is true. my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting because comics or mediums that don't have as much text or dialogue to just, like, pepper in constantly... Mm-hmm. Or if they're shorter, you know what I mean? It's like you have a, a harder job of doing proper world building. Yeah. So when you insert humor as intensely as this, or it's mm-hmm. like the first fight is her singing a theme song that is also the Spider-Man theme very clearly. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then you've got all these weird little boxes with funny, like that is world building. In, yeah. In the sense of just like, you don't necessarily give people all the details that a novel is going to give you where you're describing yeah. scenery and you're putting like this town is here and blah, 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 but you're giving a tone like very clearly and it's great. Yeah. They do a great job. Yeah. Yeah. It helps to fill out the corners of the map. Cause like I tried to read um, one of the most famous Spider-Man stories of all time, uh, Craven's last hunt where he like kills Spider-Man or Spider-Man kills him or some shit. I don't know, but I couldn't get <laughs> two pages into it because instead of working like that, it was literally giant yellow uh, soapbox stand exposition boxes talking about oh, how, whew, good thing I, Peter Parker, set up my special camera so that I can maintain my premise of taking pictures of Spider-Man for my boss, J. Jonah Jameson, at the Daily Bugle. And it's just, it's painful. And yeah. I get that part of that oh, boy. was that they have to, like, because this is... It's it's a strange medium in that like you write a you write a novel and the novel's done unless it's a series but like mm-hmm. you you have to make a thing readable on its own so people know when they just pick up a book like they can figure yeah. out what's going on but yeah, also you have to have continuity right exactly um, which is uh, why Squirrel Girl is helpful enough to provide us with a little cast list at the beginning <laughs> yeah are they like yeah. trading cards or something it's it's really good. We'll see, yeah. won't we? Okay. It is. It's very good. Right. Yeah. Well, I appreciated yeah. just the one where it was like, I don't know. They did a good job of like, 
squirrel girl and it's like is a human with all of the powers and capabilities of a squirrel and then it was like tippy toe a yeah. squirrel with all the powers and capabilities of a squirrel uh, <laughs> like that's so, excellent well done some muggers presently reevaluating their life choices <laughs> and then good. i like that it just has a box for everyone else more people we're gonna see eventually uh-huh <laughs> you haven't met this person yet yeah <laughs> so here's the thing squirrel girl is living in the avengers attic which is, I don't think it's really addressed after this. I think it is a dumb throwaway joke. But, like, mm-hmm. she has she has super heroic aspirations. And, like, in her original debut in uh, that Iron Man comic from the early 90s, she was, like, a super try-hard, like, Iron Man fanboy who ruined all his stuff by... She was Buddy from the Avengers, essentially. Okay, gotcha. Or, or from uh, The Incredibles. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Don't want to... I want to make sure I get sued by the right person. Uh, and... <laughs> I mean... And I think just showing that she's this new fresh she's just here she's very new to the city like that time andrew walked around in tgi fridays eight times um and she (laughs) she wants real bad to be an avenger and help people out and it lends because because here's the thing from her first interaction with these muggers and even the description of them that they're really reevaluating their life choices right now and that's what that's what one of the guys says like she literally kicks his butt over the horizon like he goes sailing mm-hmm. and the text just says i really wish i'd made different choices or something like that <laughs> yeah and yeah first of all part of that is is ryan north being a very text-based author um mm-hmm. but also this book consistently deals in terms of like they're not bad, evil people who are out here mugging people because they like hurting and intimidating and scaring people. They made bad choices, and now they might make better choices. Um, Or they'll learn that there is a fist at the other end. So that's one of the Mm -hmm. things I love most about Squirrel Girl is that she believes, honestly, and she practices every day that as long as you've got one breath left in you, you have time to be a better person. You have time to be a better version of yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And as we'll see, she approaches conflict in a very interesting way. So she's very excited to start her private life as Doreen Green to establish her secret identity. Yes. Yeah. Casual <laughs> rhyming name, Doreen Green. Right. <laughs> Pretty good. Not quite alliterative. It's kind of the discount alliterative yeah. name. Go ahead, Nick. Uh, so it kind of implies that she's already been, like, fighting crime. And I'm sure you learn about her origin later. Do, does it ever go into her, like, who she is as a person and, like, where she grew up? Oh, and, yeah. Like, oh, we meet her adult. parents. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, cool. All right. Oh, it's a whole thing. She's She is a goofy yeah. character, and a lot of it, like, this is a very bright and colorful, friendly, kind of soft-edged version of the Marvel Universe. Like, yeah. the Punisher exists in this universe. Uh, Spider-Man exists in this universe. A lot of people we're going to meet who do a lot of murdering in other books exist mm-hmm. in this universe. But yeah. this isn't a universe where murder happens, and so she's a very she's a fairly grounded character in this world and Mm -hmm. as kind of an expression of that we do we learn a lot about who she is and like the the distinction between dorian green and squirrel girl is not as stark as the difference between as the line between say batman and bruce wayne that's not the kind of situation right right yeah yeah she seems to be kind of like struggling with putting on this new secret identity she's not used to having to switch between the two which is really interesting because you usually see like her. Superman kind of professional, just like he he swipes off the glasses and onto the suit in like one smooth motion and just exactly. like immediately no problem. And so it's kind of yeah. it's it's neat. Yeah. Meanwhile, well, she has to like run to the bathroom to actually. Do and it takes her like eleven minutes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Yes. Scro- un- unbeatable Scroogle. All about the realism. It's very good. <laughs> 
Um, we do actually learn a little bit about her childhood. There are two uh, YA novels, actually. Um, the the Fast and the Furry and... Uh, <laughs> I forget God what the second it, one is yeah. called. I'm halfway through the first one, and it's really charming. I like it a lot. Okay. And what's, cool. what's interesting is that it, too, has footnotes, but from adult Doreen Green, who is reading yes. her own story being written. Yes, I love That's that. That's the best. That it's is, so oh good. God. Very good. I just recommend it wholeheartedly. Yes. Oh. All right, I'll check that out. After I'm done with all 55 issues of this. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> um, it actually also has a deaf Latina character, um, which is one of the things I love about this book. Very inclusive on a lot of axes. Is pretty good. Mm-hmm. But anyway. All right. So she's planning to start her life as Doreen Green and enroll in Empire State University. And Tippy Toe thinks that this is some nonsense. Tippy Toe says, and here I quote, I still don't see why you're going to college in the first place, Doreen. Nobody in my family ever went to college, and they all turned out great. Now they all live alone in trees. And my question here is, Nicholas, when were you going to tell us about your Aunt Tippy Toe, who clearly raised you and... <laughs> And instilled in you yeah. this belief that you should just live alone in the woods. <laughs> yeah, I I might as well have been raised by squirrels uh, from how I turned out. Yeah, absolutely. Just yeah. this incurable drive to go build a treehouse and live way up in it with the owls. Yep. Just, sounds great to Fun me. Fact. I don't know. Who needs college? I Did agree. you know uh, <laughs> that squirrel is actually the term for a practicing Scientologist who tries to practice outside the organized body of Scientology? No. Why? Yeah. Why? It makes so much sense as anything you know. else in Scientology. <laughs> Tell <Yeah>. me more. <laughs> it's, I did I did a whole I worked on a documentary all I learned all kinds of stuff about Scientology. And if you're a Scientologist and you're listening to this by some cosmic coincidence, uh I think you're probably pretty okay. It's probably like most religions where you're just looking for something to help you be a better person and get through the day. The organization that is your religion is a terrifying infinite headed hydra. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, apparently, All like, right. there's, uh, there's real pressure against people, like, practicing individually. Like, they really need you to be a part of the organization and be I don't like that. Yeah, like that it's real bad. <laughs> that sounds, okay. Well, and so here's the sounds thing, they describe people who do yeah. that as using church <laughs> technology. Like, they refer to their religion as a technology, which is, which is accurate philosophically speaking i suppose but I still suppose. anyway <laughs> yeah all right i didn't think this Whoa. was gonna this was gonna be where our squirrel facts went for the episode no, yeah me there's a church there's literally a church of scientology in times square and i walk past a lot and now i'm gonna have a lot of new thoughts <laughs> yeah they do, they do some sick architecture though i'll give them that that's you know, true I mean, coming from la yeah, yeah. A lot of those. They know how to build a building. So, <laughs> Tippy Toe, uh, to whom Doreen can speak because she is Squirrel Girl, and Tippy Toe is, of course, I'm so an glad. Gray Squirrel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Doreen says no, computer science, because she's Squirrel Girl. She's not maintaining consistency across multiple databases, girl, yet. <laughs> so she's moving out of Avengers of Avengers attic and into her own very own dorm room. She's carrying a bunch of heavy boxes because she has the proportional strength and speed of a squirrel. And mm-hmm. I always love a strong guy carrying a giant stack of things gag. I always think that's really good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just effortlessly in one hand, yeah. I also am yeah, a really but... big fan of the um, person can talk to animals or person can talk to their pet. But and understand them, but no one else can. So everyone else just thinks yeah. they're like making animal noises at them, but they can actually, oh, actually yeah. have a conversation. It's good. 
Correct. Yeah, that's yeah. always a fun trope. But my favorite part of this whole thing was the the playing of like, all right, walking onto campus, just like carrying a whole stack of boxes, and then like it's pointed out that it's like you know, maybe a normal person wouldn't be able to carry all those. And so immediately you just drop them. Drop them. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I, I was like, that's very on brand for how I would do this. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, and, and later, I'm pretty sure there are some issues about her childhood. Like, there's, she doesn't struggle a super ton as a character because she knows who she is, and she does mm-hmm. from the very beginning. And, like, there's yeah. there's difficulty with finding out how to be that person in the world she's in, but, like, mm-hmm. there there is no division between Squirrel Girl and Dorian Green. And as a result, when she was a kid, she was like, what? I have a tail. Who cares? Why do I have to pretend I don't have a tail? <laughs> the polar opposite of Spider-Man. Exactly. <laughs> and like her parents had to tell her it's because the other children would be jealous they didn't have tails, which Aww. true. I mean, it was a lie the That's way they actually said it, but it would be extremely accurate. Like as exactly. like, yeah. Kid, yeah. kids who has a who has a kid did not want a tail or wings or fangs or that's just oh, like 100%. universal, I think. <laughs> as a kid, as a living human, as a right. feasible spiritual alternative to the state we find ourselves in in 2020. So <laughs> She's walking along, uh, talking openly. And see, here's the thing. She's not great at being a superhero, and she doesn't know how to have a secret identity yet. So as we've noted, she's openly walking along just talking to this squirrel who's on top of her boxes yeah. about ca- cafeteria nut availability and living arrangements. <laughs> and that gets her noticed by a gentleman called Tomas. Yes. Yes. They have a brief conversation, and then she kind of just... yeah. It's just, I assume he shows up later, because why introduce a character if they're not going to... Yeah, exactly. right. Why give him an actual name? He could have just been some random student. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. He seems to, he seems to be about to tell Doreen something, but she cuts him off because she panics and has a brief crisis of conscience, re-secret <laughs> identity, and the yeah. lies of omission and commission that they require. And so she just... Here's the thing. She decides the boxes are too heavy to carry and drops them all, and then when she runs away, she just picks them all back up. <laughs> <laughs> Extremely smooth. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> it's a really it's good great. job. Yeah. So she gets to her dorm and we are introduced to everyone's favorite character of whom we are a little bit scared immediately. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. I vibe with Nancy so Although hard. I should be clear, when Nancy like listed her first things, that she was like, these are the rules for living me. And the last one um, talked about Mew. I literally assumed she was talking about the Pokemon Mew. I, I did too. Were. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, don't insult the po- Great, it's your favorite Pokemon. Got it. Do you. <laughs> Real easy not to do. It. Yeah, never exactly. Mew's adorable. Yeah. yeah. I don't know anyone who hates Mew. Yeah, no, <laughs> I mean, Mewtwo's hateable for both the right reasons and the wrong reasons, but Mew just bounces <laughs> on the bounces on that little right. psychic bubble. It's very good. Yeah. It's, it's and remember guy. at the end of Pokemon Snap, when they were like, you know what? You've been good yeah. at this game the whole time. You don't even have to worry about it. Take all the pictures of Mew you want. You're good. We're not even going to make it oh, difficult. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, here's your reward. Oh, God. When are they going to put... When are they going to make a new Pokemon Snap? When are they going to update Pokemon Snap? That's, it was the best Pokemon I game. <laughs> right? For real. There now is so the time. many Pokemon. Yeah. Speaking of which, listeners, we really hope you appreciate that we, well, Andrew and I at least, uh, have set down Animal Crossing <laughs> New Horizons <laughs> to come I'm talk to you. I'm not playing it. No? I, so here's the thing. I was going to play it for Good Game, Great Game because it was a game we were going to talk about on the podcast. Sure. I've actually never touched an Animal Crossing, though. Same. 
Um, and I don't know, like, there was nothing about it that I was like, that's a game I need to play immediately. And True. I have no income, so I didn't want to spend Fair. money. Fair. That's a point. Um, and it was just kind of like this thing where it was like, if someone can actually detail to me why this game is good and why it will be so fun <laughs> for me, I'll right. think about it. But, like... Every response is, it's like, oh, it's like intangible. Like, why The Sims is fun. It's just, it just is. And I'm like, it isn't? cool. I mean, I'm sure it is, but I, you haven't told me. That's <laughs> it fair. It seems like the kind of thing that, like, you start playing it, and you either love it, or you're like, this is boring. And some people just have the yeah. brain that says, this is fun, and I love it. And other people have the brain that's just like, what am I doing? <laughs> right. It's you also, know? like, yeah. stressful for me to think of a game that does not have, seem to have a stopping point. Yes. Like, it just I get goes. That. And like <laughs> I can't win this. Game. I don't. Why am I, I don't it? do that. Yeah, I don't that's, do that. See, that's one of the reasons. Every time you guys would talk about like Smash Brothers on on Good Game, Great Game, I'm like, wow, these guys play a lot of a video game that doesn't really seem to have a. <laughs> that's point uh, that's Zach. That's okay, largely Zach. <laughs> Fair enough. I will I will play Smash now with friends, but in terms of individually playing Smash, yeah. I didn't, I don't really touch it that much anymore. That's fair. I'll well, try played... out the new DLC characters. That's about all I'll do. Reasonable. I've played ten minutes of Animal Crossing, and it is delightful so far. It's very cute. Uh, it is laden with puns, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. seen that, and I've seen yes. that it's adorable. It is. It's very cute. It also Tom Nook is the like he is the Patrick Bateman ring-tailed Wall Street Antichrist. It's preposterous. <laughs> Nicholas, you, you get to the Tom island. You hate Tom Nook, don't you? <laughs> I hate Tom Nook so much. The guillotine awaits thee, Tom Nook. And, like, <laughs> he... God, he's the fucking worst. Because you get to the island, and he's like, welcome to this island adventure that you paid me to come on. Now, here's a bunch of other stuff you're going to need to pay me for. Need some money? That's okay. Here's a terminal that connects to the Bank of Nook. And like it's just even games fa- are saturated with capitalism. God, he's Ooh. gonna he's gonna found. This by is and not large. escapism for me. This is not. No, I don't want to have to worry about is money. It, I just want to see Yoshi. Although he, is they it, are coins is it, in the Mario games. What is it? Escapism? Oh, I don't know. I thought. Well, it is now. <laughs> is it escapism? It's one or the other, right? I don't know. That, well, that's how I'd always... I always said escapism. Well, okay, until well, this I'm... very moment. But escapism <laughs> sounds way more fun, and I want it to be that. Let it me really look it does. up. <laughs> there's like... So no. I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to say there's a dichotomy in me right now, because the part of me that was a straight-A student and wants to be right about everything wants it to be escapism. Right. But the part of me that is a wordsmith and loves fun-sounding words wants it to be escapism. So there you go. I'm torn. Descriptivism, <laughs> what up? Uh, escapism. Um, are you sure it's it, not descriptivism? I'm it not. Is, it is escapism. <laughs> no, it's American not. pronunciation. There are no rules. There's no god of language except no, Foth. Well, Never mind. Okay. Well, still, my, <laughs> there my are a ge- few okay, gods of okay, language. Listen, okay. Listen, my guess is that it probably is uh, correctly in American in Americanism, um, escapism. But I mm-hmm. grew up saturated both of my own volition and against my will with British television. Uh, my dad be? would watch British Top Gear, do- Top Gear, like, nonstop, and then I was just into, like, Sherlock Holmes and stuff like that. So I got a lot of British, um, pronunciation, and some things I just, like, unfortunately just pronounce the British way. <laughs> um, That's totally fair. Just because that was what I, what I had to listen to, so... Where's That's totally Discord reasonable, man. Again? But no, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that. escapism for yeah. my whole life now. And I'm That's... thinking, like, 
One of my favorite books ever, uh, The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay uh, by Michael Chabon? Caban? I don't know how that guy says his name. That's a different pronunciation. But like, mm-hmm. they come up with a whole thing where their character is called The Escapist. And now I'm just thinking of this 500-page book where they're actually saying, uh, yes, the new issue of The Escapist. And it's it's a very different experience and i am here for it i think about that stuff so much because i like just me on my own i grew up in california near la so i have that california kind of accent where i say like every third word um but i also listen to a ton of british stuff so there's that and then there's also just the way that i normally talk and other people that i've interacted with like my friend group is pretty from a bunch of different like they're not all from california so i pick up certain things from each of them so it's just a mess it's just like it's just a verbal mess but and that's but that's kind of everyone is really like no one really unless they stayed grew up and stayed in one place has like a pure accent of the area yeah but it's super fascinating yeah linguistics well i think is... that's why if you really think about the accents that are most thought about for america it's like southern and midwestern or like the two like the midwestern minnesota mm-hmm. kind of vibe yeah mm-hmm. and probably because those areas have the most like small towns and like places that people just don't leave them so the Correct. accent has some more purity to it whereas yeah. like yeah anybody else is like in and out of cities and just like encountering other people all over the place and so mm-hmm. those accents get diluted over time i mean new york is its own thing there's a new right. york accent everybody yeah. knows that one yeah there's actually <laughs> a lot of really interesting research being done on how accents like as a feature of language are kind of dying because of streaming mm. oh wow yeah the internet yeah that's mm. that makes sense damn uh-huh. Linguistics anyway. in the age of modernity <laughs> in the internet. Also, wow. Andrew, can I just say, I'm used to being the mythology nerd in any friend group, so the instant you were like, uh, actually, let me tell you about um, several... Let me list off some gods of writing real quick. <laughs> exactly. If we could just... When Odin hung on the tree and got the runes, sir... <laughs> oh, I will come for you. This is gonna be a good time. I'm very excited. <laughs> So we are introduced to Nancy Whitehead, uh, who mm-hmm. is a badass, knitting-obsessed cat mom roommate, and also to her kitty cat, Mew, who is named after Mewnir, which is the hammer oh of Cat Thor, cat god it's of so cat good. thunder. <laughs> that... I wrote down in my notes, I was like, I wonder what cat thunder is. Do you think it's just, like, a dark sky that meows at you? <laughs> it's yes. the purring. It's the rumbling purr. <laughs> there there oh. it is. <laughs> Purring is the cat thunder. Yeah. I can get behind that. Yeah. Also, Andrew, with how you felt about uh, about the portrayals of the gods in um, in God of War over on Good Game, Great Game, I cannot wait until the Asgardians show up in this because you are going to have ready. opinions. <laughs> I'm ready. Anyway, so yes. Oh, also, this brings me to a um, this brings me to an aspect of the show that I wanted to keep a secret for as long as possible. Um, from you, my partners in this show, but right. I think re- responsibly yeah, speaking, tell us. <laughs> I have to tell you now. And hold so, back. There's a recurring goof uh, that um, Cat Thor, Cat God of Cat Thunder, is not just a one-off joke that Ryan North made. Nancy Whitehead writes Cat Thor fan fiction, and it comes up several times. And I think we have to do this every episode. One of us, it'll be rotating. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It'll be rotating every every episode. One of us has to bring a new like piece of Thor, of Cat Thor fan fiction, and we're gonna have Dylan read it in that really <laughs> like. 
God. I don't know because um, you you've probably heard Dylan talk, Andrew, on the on the on the the orange pips episode. He's got this this chocolate, yeah, this yeah, velvet. Yeah. Oh. I've heard his voice. Yeah, Him yeah. talk goodly, and uh, <laughs> I just think we're gonna write the most ridiculous thing we can and have him do it i think it's gonna go over well that sounds amazing i yeah are we gonna keep it to like a theme of like should we write cat thor myths or should it be like romance fanfics and just all sorts of genres whatever you can think of that's an excellent question what if we do it like <laughs> wild card like naked came the stranger <laughs> where we're, we're each writing our own thing completely independent of the other and it's like and then the bifrost got sultry and just like <laughs> so there's just I think it'd be funnier if Dylan had no idea what it was gonna be and he had to just read it cold yes. <laughs> whatever it was yeah. I think absolutely best yeah just wild yeah. genre whiplash oh he's gonna hate it no matter what because he has opinions oh, about yeah. fan fiction but um, <laughs> does he have opinions about Squirrel Girl though um yes in that I asked if he wanted to do this show with us and his response was and here I quote fuck no <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and that's just because i can't get him into comics for whatever reason which is frustrating but that's fair anyway he's got there enough nerd are. interests yeah he's, he's maxed so, out that's why i don't play D because i already like too much nerdy stuff you only get like 10 or something i think that's fair <laughs> i've hit my limit that's totally i got i got a i got a backpack expansion for my nerd <laughs> interests yes <Yeah. laughs> very <DLC>. nice <laughs> and it is uh that is a clear indicator of how large that backpack is <laughs> It's like one of those hiking ones with like a point. sleeping bag stuck at the top, and it's yes. just like bigger yes. than yes, you. Yes, yes. Yeah. And there's a there's a bike rack on top of the sleeping mm-hmm. bag, <laughs> it's like, like the happy mask salesman, the Majora's mask. Oh, that's just me. This giant. That's me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, Nancy and Squirrel Girl, or Doreen rather, mm-hmm. are getting acquainted when out from the window, whoosh by goes a man wearing a very improbable outfit, and he is holding <laughs> tippy toe captive. The nerve! The Russian oh, nerve! Yeah. Who's this guy think he is? Oh, is he Russian? He doesn't have an accent. They don't write him with Uh the accent. You're just supposed to know he has a Russian accent. (laughs) I'm an American. How am I supposed to know? (laughs) Where were the V's? (laughs) Yes. So she makes an excuse uh, saying, uh, I just remembered that I have to go fight Craven, the college administrator he missed up my course selections and she just runs out of the room <laughs> and then nancy's Please. like which honestly <laughs> i gotta make sure he didn't mess if up they're both too. freshmen in college though like i would be- if my roommate was like i gotta go fight the college administrator i'd be like sure that sounds legit god bless. i don't know what college is <laughs> right? good luck yeah nancy is unflappable <laughs> and she takes everything yeah. hyper seriously it's very <laughs> great hard to relate so there. yeah Yes, uh, any any reader of comic books may recognize this man as Sergei uh, Kravenov, Craven the Hunter, a sometime foe of Spider-Man. And when I say sometime, I mean that this man has literally hunted Spider-Man and various other spidered men. But mm-hmm. um, listeners of the Final Podblum may remember him as the visual inspiration for um, what was that guy's name, Leo something oh yeah the yeah the big leon, game hunter leon sterndale oh. i think leon it was thank you well yeah done. there we go leon yeah. sternsdale Stern, i remember sternsdale. something and yeah in uh the devil's <laughs> foot i believe yeah. so uh yes if you picture if you want to go ahead and google craven the hunter he's wearing a lion for a shirt and that's this about 90 percent of what you outfit. need to know this is a look. Yeah. such an outfit the leopard although can print? we talk about like Jaggings? the card 
the like Deadpool card of him. Uh-huh. Yeah. The way <laughs> he's that like they smiling shaped it, I was like, so the eyes are on his nipples and the nose wrinkles are his pectorals and abs <laughs> yep. and I'm distressed. It's, it's really good. <laughs> Very good. It is a look. And at the bottom, the uh, the note at the bottom says, did you know college administrator was the job Craven the Hunter was training for before he took a chance weekend safari getaway? Yes. It's almost possibly a fact. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan North loves fake lies as much as I do. <laughs> but anyway, oh, okay, so that yeah. was a lie. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> not. We don't. It's almost possibly not a lie. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Impossible to say. As we noted, Doreen takes 20 seconds to change into her outfit, because we're all about realism here. And then she <laughs> she goes down to confront him, pulling from her utility belt uh, the first that we see of Deadpool's Guide to Supervillain uh, trading cards, card 15 of 4,522. So I have a question. Is anyone yeah. allowed to just make a superhero? How many are there? How many superheroes exist? Like, there's got to be just so many, and people just constantly thinking of new ones. Like, is that just a whole... Is that just like... Because, oh, yeah. you know, you only ever hear about, like, five of them. <laughs> but, right. you know, the there's there's got to be just, like, a ridiculous amount of... Yeah, I mean the you the know? concept of the superhero is it like the, is it like the same seven white guys just like pumping out all these different superheroes, or is like anyone <laughs> allowed to just bring in their script to the office and be like, well, I invented a superhero? Yeah. What's interesting is, uh, for a long time um, during the infancy of comics, it was actually Jewish guys, uh, and oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, and that's also that's Rock a big on. part of um, yeah that book I was talking about earlier, the Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay. It was Jewish yeah. guys who had to let their work be presented and credit taken for by white guys for all the shitty reasons we okay. think it would. Okay, yeah, all yeah. right. Yeah, that that tracks. Okay, that story checks out in history. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although right. I I will say that comics have always been one of the media of the people. They have always been a place of progress and of uh. Well, I'll put it this way: um, Black Panther, the you know the, the the you know that guy. We all saw his picture. <laughs> he was delightful. <laughs> that um, one dude. Yeah, when he got his first solo what's it in i think it was the 60s or the early 70s the editors wrote back to um stan lee and jack kirby the creative team behind it behind most of the marvel characters really and said Mm -hmm. next time you need to put more white people in the comic book otherwise this isn't going to sell so the next issue they had him fight the kkk (laughs) (laughs) yes Right? That's, that's what I like correct. to say. <laughs> Pretty correct. good. The exact oh, yes. correct response. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. Hero. That's how, that, like, elevates you to superhero status as the writer immediately. Right? Yeah. Very oh, my good. gosh. Great. So, uh, what do you boys uh, want to read off? I just sent it in the Discord chat here. Uh, want to read the description of Craven as provided by Deadpool's Guide to Supervillains. <laughs> Okay. Uh, sure. So, Craven is a Russian nobleman, really into hunting big game. He says he's the best hunter, and yeah, he's really good, actually. He hunts Spider-Man a lot, I guess? Died? But he's back now, no big deal. Uh, is that, like, an actual lion face his vest is made of? Do lions even work that way? Call him Cravy, he loves it! (laughs) It's true. It is known. (laughs) So his story, his side of this, this fracas, this contretemps between him and Tippy-Toe, is that she attacked him, which, it's it's hilarious in the first place that this extremely buff, aggressive, 
you know, swarthy uh, Slavic man is like, no, squirrel attacked me. But also, I 100% believe that because Tippy Toe is down to fuck shit up any time of the day or night. Oh, <laughs> as yeah. We see. No, she strikes me as very much the, like, like snowy of Tintin kind of character where she's just, yeah, like, yes. always low-key angry. And I can imagine her just seeing him and just instantly going red and just, like, absolutely yep. attacking his face what is he doing there on a college campus to be attacked by a squirrel like is he just walking <laughs> around true. is he trying to apply <laughs> is he trying to enroll in classes this backs is he up, also going for this computer backs science up the administrator theory as not in fact being a lie but actually being true what would <laughs> he teach true. if he taught a uh, class if he was a professor what would he teach hunting there's so many questions here leopard just, print <laughs> jeggings he's professor jaguar jeggings He's perfect. There we go. We solved it. Yeah. Um, he teaches hunting. Full circle. And well, I mean, he could teach Russian literature, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. There you we go. Always need that. Just trying yeah, to make sense. Right. You know, being. Yeah, it's probably some offshoot. He's probably like, I don't know, like the pre algebra teacher. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. And he's not <laughs> good at it. He just has to stay. Secret identity. <laughs> exactly. so I also like that in, I've, I've conceptualized that people in college are still learning pre algebra. <laughs> hey, look. Some of us have a harder time with the numbers than you the others. Never know. No judgment. No judgment. <laughs> if you're an English major, almost certainly you're in pre algebra. Yeah. yeah. In college, yeah. If you're lucky. So, um, yeah, Tippy Toe does not realize that she is a very small creature in a world full of larger creatures she uh she's always down but but perception is reality if she doesn't see herself as a small creature neither do she's Dasha's, bigger already like yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> did you say neither yeah. are dachshunds yeah wiener dogs they're extremely aggressive sometimes yeah <laughs> do you know why they were bred to fight badgers. That's what yeah. their name no, means. No, it makes sense. It's just funny because they're so stupid yeah. looking. <laughs> <laughs> the danger sausage. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's holding on to Tippy Toe and says that, you know, this dumb squirrel uh, came a strutting and learned a real hard lesson. And Doreen asks him very politely but furiously to put <laughs> the squirrel down. Mm -hmm. There's laughing from him. There's fisticuffs. There's a net gun. There's chomping out of a net gun because she apparently has squirrel chompers as well, which is very good. Of course, so, naturally. The two of them are at an impasse, and Squirrel Girl throws Craven into the ionosphere to give her time to consider her next steps. Is that what happened? He just she just threw him really high up. Yep. I was unclear yeah. what I thought she was like throwing him and then catching him and then like throwing him again. But no, uh -huh. he's just up there, just hanging out. Yeah. Like in space. Just say, just say, yeah, because he can't. How fly. is that a squirrel power? How she's is that strong? But squirrels Have you have you seen a squirrel throw? I guess not. I no. haven't, so I don't it, it might be great at it. That's there true. That's really true. Yeah, you know yeah. what? Well and it's the proportional the proportional speed and strength and apparently also chompers of a squirrel. Mm -hmm. So she she's as powerful as a human sized squirrel would be. Also, she has a luxurious tail. It is very good. Uh, I would like to point out this book comes out strong for body positivity because she has to cram her tail into the seat of her pants. And talks about how she thinks that gives her a fantastic butt. So good for her. Yeah. Absolutely. And it does. There She's you right. go. Must yeah. be warm and comfy to sit on in the cold New York winters, if nothing else. Oh my else. god, you can you imagine? You would color. never bruise your tailbone. Oh my yeah. god, that'd be so good. <laughs> you got a pillow. You could sit on your couch and play video games all day, and your tailbone would never get sore. 
Yep. What a time. I need that right now. now. Right? What a life. <laughs> Perfect for... Anyway, so she, yeah, literally throws him into the sky just to give her time to consider her next step. And eventually, this is what I love about her. Eventually, she concludes that the question isn't, how do I beat Craven the Hunter? The question is, why are they fighting at all? Mm-hmm. And that is perfectly demonstrative. That is the decision-making tarot card for Dorian Green. This is what she does. So yeah. he lands. Well, and she goes over a number of possible <laughs> a number of possible <laughs> things, such as, like, what if I just keep tossing him into the air for the rest of my life? What's he going to do about it? <laughs> <laughs> Until we have a cool future. I really liked that option. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I liked the art style. Uh, Erica Henderson does a really good job because, like, most of the Marvel books have kind of a consistent look among them. And, you know, you get different mm-hmm. artists from from issue to issue, and it can be jarring sometimes. Uh, but there's just mm-hmm. this really little cute, like, fantasy aside of her, of a very, like, cute, hyper-stylized Doreen just sitting at a at a little cafe. And then Craven just comes down and she's like, nope, toss. Back <laughs> up you go. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. She could have at least handed him a croissant so he doesn't starve mm-hmm. up there. But anyway... Uh, she calls timeout on the whole situation, and uh, what what transpires here, gentlemen? How do we how do we, how do we move on from throwing a man into the stratosphere? She kind of just redirects him from there. She's like, "Hey, why are you fighting me, a tiny squirrel, uh, when you could yeah. be fighting like this huge, big buff whale thing that's like no one's ever fought this before? <laughs> With arms like, this and is legs. this is a yeah. much better." She realizes I I really dug this. Like this is what actually like made me want to like continue not made me want to not call Casey and be like, you know what? I actually don't want to do this squirrel girl podcast. Was right. She doesn't. It's not. She, she finds out what he actually wants and then just like gives it to him kind of just like mm-hmm. gives him a better goal yeah. she like helps him find out what he really wants to be doing like just puts him on a good uh-huh. path and it's still which is hunting megafauna he wants to do and it's just yeah. it's brilliant i love it it's it was really great i also love that like his first response was just like oh I have been too focused on men. And I was like, same, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Relatable. That was a move. So, un- well, understanding this requires uh, an understanding of a key piece of Craven lore. So he and Spider-Man were foes, and apparently he died at one point and came back and was cursed uh, to only be killable by Spider-Man. And Spider-Man, to the uninitiated, does not kill people. That's not how that works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he he can't beat Spider-Man because he can't. Spider-Man is better than him. That's why they were enemies in the first place. And he also can't die until he kills Spider-Man. So, or until Spider-Man kills him. I forget whichever. The whole point is that he's, he's stuck temporally for hunting the greatest game and doreen points out like bro you can go to the bottom of the ocean you can't die you can go down there and hunt all kinds of monstros (laughs) and gigantos apparently which as nicholas mentioned (laughs) are very large buff whales with limbs (laughs) (laughs) and here's the thing i don't know if those are real or not like in the context of Marvel, like the, I don't know if those are a pre-existing thing or <laughs> if, if they, they actually. Just, I don't know if those are real in real life. Who knows what's at the bottom of the ocean? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's really there. dark down there. It, it is. is, and also, frankly, whales could be buff. Right, like they got a layer of blubber. They could be hiding just sheer Have muscle. Have you seen a kangaroo? That. Animals are ripped sometimes. Yeah, yeah. constantly <laughs> swimming. The cardio. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. They're all muscle. Yeah. One of my, we're gonna have to get that whale facts Twitter up in here. I'm, we're, we're gonna at them and see if they. Uh... Of course, there's a whale facts Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, like and it's full of facts. fake lies. It's very good. All right, um, great. 
<laughs> but my favorite spooky deep ocean story is that apparently a Japanese research team set up a deep ocean like Mariana Trench, you know, Challenger deep mm -hmm. where Steve yeah. Alton goes to write the stories. And um, they were just doing research on deep sea sharks. And the deep sea sharks came up and they ate all the bait. They went nom, nom, nom. Hi, we're deep sea sharks. We're goblin sharks. We look like monsters. And <laughs> they all froze and scattered at the same time. And Ugh. something, they don't know what it was to this day, something more than 200 feet long went past the sensors. I hate that. I hate I that. Hate I wish I'd never heard that before in my life. <laughs> and they don't know sleep. what it was because the sensors weren't built to pick up something that big. It's like... <laughs> oh my god. That yeah. is... Yeah. I'm honestly, I'm honestly stressed. I, and I know that I'm nowhere near the deep ocean, but I am now stressed I mean, about this. on a large enough scale, aren't you uh, basically at the bottom of the ocean, Andrew? Uh, that? Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Anyway... <laughs> Emotionally, I'm on the bottom of Best the Best case scenario, Bioshock is real, and that was actually just the city <laughs> that, like, floated <laughs> by. Uh, who knows? Yeah. Um, Best case scenario, Bioshock is real, is not a sentence I was expecting to say on this podcast, but no. the way things are right now. <laughs> I was going to say, it's becoming increasingly real yeah. around us. <laughs> it kind of yeah. is, actually. Never mind. Too soon. Yeah. So <laughs> do you think that the thing that scared the goblin sharks was coronavirus? <laughs> Could be. The co the physical <laughs> concept of coronavirus. Exactly. <laughs> A giant conceptual virum. Yeah. So Squirrel Girl understands him. And this is her thing. Squirrel Girl, she's very strong. She's very fast. She's got all kinds of stuff. But her, her superpower is actually empathy. So she validates... Mm. And I mean, that sounded like a goof, but it's not. So she validates no. his, his frustrations, re-unbreakable curses, and spidered men. And says, dude, just go hunt some big monsters. You can't live the life you want, and you can't earn the death you think you deserve. Which is a very good line. But uh, no. re-gigantos, she says, you'd have to be the greatest hunter in history to take them down. And honestly, I don't know if you're up to the challenge, Craven. So prove <laughs> me wrong. Which is... <laughs> very good because she understands oh, it's that perfect it's perfect she understands that she's talking to a man who will not take orders but will take a challenge which are mm. not the same thing yep it's oh yep it's so she good nails it did she yeah. this is exactly like this yeah. is a strategy on i for those that don't know i'm a, an insanely large fan of the show survivor <laughs> oh Which we do is, i follow you on I say, <laughs> anybody online knows yeah. um you and so liz layton have been I, chatting up a storm <laughs> Oh my god, constantly in private messages too. Like it's just a thing now. It makes me um, so happy that you two have connected. Like just the just the strange like roots and connections that form. It really oh, works. The internet yeah. is great for this kind of thing. You two need to make a survivor cast. I mean, you've got the time. I mean, I mean yeah. I'm just sitting around. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, but survivor. there's like so there's a thing with survivor when you're trying to get to the end of the game you need to, like, obviously convince people to work with you and, like, you have to kind of manipulate people. But it is so much about, like, the best players of the game Survivor are the ones who can understand that, like, each person gets manipulated differently. Mm -hmm. This person needs emotional empathy, whereas this person is craven and has a massive ego and you need to, like, put in front of him, like, uh, you should be taking down this big dude over here, right? Like, aren't you two kind of the Clash of the Titans? Like, yeah. if you take him out, you're the best player in this game. And then that person goes with you. And it's yeah. like, you just watch the best players in the game 
Squirrel Girl every moment throughout the game, where they just like learn how to see that person's perspective and mm-hmm. then turn it around on them. It's yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I Very thought of good. in this moment. Yeah. Well, and what's interesting is like that technique um, playing a game of lets you and him fight is mm-hmm. usually a bad guy technique. Like, in stories right. and things like mm-hmm. that, when you find out that someone has, has queued these two up to fight each other, it's usually for manipulative and bad reasons. Instead of, well, here's, we don't know. Maybe Squirrel Girl's got a thing against the Gigantos. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. She it's her really mortal enemy. To... Yeah, right? Yeah, squirrels like... and giant buff whales hate each other, dude. <laughs> squirrels and giant buff whales. God, I, I love everything so much. <laughs> Life is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, she effectively just like gets him to leave for the duration of whoever however long it takes him to fight he's he's gone now like she got rid of him without yeah. killing him or even really fighting him too much it was awesome yeah. <laughs> it's very effective yeah presumably he's got to go like waterproof his lion face vest and buy some like <laughs> i mean pressure you resistant could not wear jeggings. that how would the gigantos know who you are exactly mm-hmm. that's half the point yeah exactly so he and squirrel girl are cool he and tippy toe are not cool not cool <laughs> yeah. at all no she curses him a blue streak in eastern gray squirrel which is fair he clutched her like a common groundhog <laughs> he clutched her like his pearls exactly <laughs> <laughs> yes very good. And then Squirrel Girl, uh, seeing that the day has been saved, says, Okay, well, bye, everyone. I don't know any of you, and I definitely don't go to school here. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, she doesn't even wear a mask or anything. There's nope. no... Well, she wears ears. <laughs> we ears. Yeah, yeah. Although I like... wonder if it's the same... So I've been... <laughs> This is an admission about what I'm doing with my quarantine time. Uh, I've been binging back Sailor Moon from sure. the very beginning. I am through two seasons of it, and we are only one nice. week into quarantine. Nice. <laughs> um, but it's like, it is. It, I wonder if it's the same concept of like, for some reason, those girls are literally just now in a sailor uniform and they put on a tiara. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no one can recognize that, hey, she has the same eyes and haircut and face as this person yeah. yeah yeah so like i wonder if this costume has that same sort of bewildering effect on people. oh it has to be oh squirrel girl no she's got ears on she's got ears I can only what do you not that throws everything college campuses are so weird and so much stuff is constantly happening on them that this is not That's even the point. strangest thing they've seen all day no 100 <laughs> percent. this is why between two legging clad animal themed people <laughs> <laughs> Well, because across on if you what they That's don't show in these frames is that on the other side of the quad is they're all playing Quidditch and like yep. yeah exactly <laughs> exactly absolutely yeah larping yeah. yeah doesn't he call her <laughs> nah doesn't he call her like like prairie dog woman or something no I got it all right point? here okay so ready are you ready for the alternate squirrel girl uh, rejected names we got yes, prairie please. dog costume woman fuzzy woodland <laughs> creature lady. The girl of I squirrels. That, but... Girl of that, squirrels. That was it, actually. I, I, really I love Fuzzy sticks... Woodland Creature Lady. Yeah, that yes. was my favorite one. <laughs> Very good. So, the day saved. Uh, conflict resolved, not with force, but by the removal of conflicting forces, allowing water to flow downhill instead of attempting to redirect it. Uh, Doreen heads back to her dorm, and she introduces... Um, Nancy and Mew to tippy-toe, and friendship is achieved. Now, here's the thing about Nancy. She's a very principled character. 
because we are not allowed to have pets here in Empire State University dormitory buildings, and she does mm. not give a good goddamn. I mean, I'm technically nope. not supposed to have my cats here, but what are, what are they going to do about it? <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. She has a whole thing about how the breaking of an unjust law is an act of justice in and of itself, and how she she would... Immediate if, if Craven, respect. Yeah, for real. <laughs> And like if Craven, if Craven screwed up, Craven, who she still thinks is a college administrator, mm, if Craven has right. screwed up her courses, she'll burn this place down, and no jury in the world would convict her. <laughs> Nancy is at one hundred percent every moment of her life. It's very at a hundred. I love it. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm what I'm totally ready to believe that she also has a secret superhero alter ego. But it's like it's almost better if she doesn't. If she's just like that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> either way really good is she so is she just like recurring like they become friends and kind of she, she's oh, yeah she's okay cool yeah Love they're it. instant good. best friends yeah mm, you good. you guys are gonna oh you're gonna get to know nancy this is so good i'm so <laughs> excited for my buddies okay last night nicholas text me and i was like okay you you finished yep you're at the end of the first episode the first uh the first what's it the first issue and so mm. stop reading there and he just says but what if i don't want to stop reading and i knew it <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. They got me. I was Scroll very got excited. me good. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's such a it's such a needed like levity. Like it's just yeah, that's I, it. I'm not gonna be like I'm in the middle of a pandemic. I'm not about to be going to watch Schindler's List or nothing. Like I I exactly. need something. God. Yeah, I know. I started to watch. I started to watch Watchmen. Yeah. the other night and i was like this is not the moment it's so no. good but i was like this is not the moment i'm already crying all the time yeah that is a very <laughs> good so many very rough show yeah oh it um, was so good and i'm definitely going to watch it but like it either is going to be like three months from now yep or when i'm just emotionally settled into the state of distress that i'm in there you go once you rebalance which when it once it becomes a normal then it's everything's healthy again <laughs> yeah that's fine that there's no problems for anyone <laughs> Everything's perfect forever. Um, I finally got Donna to agree to watch uh, Breaking Bad, which I've been trying to do oh. for years. And that was like eight months ago. And I keep thinking, things are a little grim right now. Let's wait till they pick up. And then the past eight months <laughs> happened. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm totally God. cool if nobody wants to watch Deep Space Nine with me right now. Like, I get it. <laughs> yeah. God. I don't either. Show. Yeah. But no, Squirrel Girl is, it's, it's very, because it's not that there's no conflict, and it's not that there are no stakes. It's right. just that there right. are resolutions to that conflict besides punching. And even when those stakes are lost in the game, uh, there's an understanding that loss of, I don't know, I really wish I had a good end to that sentence, but lost here I am. Sauce. Sitting, wearing my own butt like a hat yeah so what happens after friendship is achieved gentlemen what's the worst that could happen and then the immediate next panel is the worst that could happen or the next episode. the worst thing that could happen and it's yep. just a picture of some gal- galactic dude in an ex- taking a bite out of the earth yep. extremely interesting and complex costume that I'm uh-huh. like looking at oh, yeah. and trying to understand. I definitely studied that costume a lot because I was like, <laughs> I, the design is fun. Yep. Right? What are you? Like, I'm back well, at Kingdom Hearts right now, trying to figure oh out how God. everyone's outfits work. <laughs> Here's the thing, Andrew. You'd think him going schnomp and uh, taking a bite out of yonder Earth, like a like a like out of a ripe peach. You would think that was a metaphor. 
Nope. Literal. No, I wasn't necessarily <laughs> thinking that was a metaphor. Literal. Right. So I, I've the like I said, the world building is strong enough that I haven't imposed limitations on the rules in this world yet. No, that's yeah. fair. You're letting them nope, tell you what's to true. A squirrel. Yeah. I, yep. I will yeah, believe anything. 100. Anything. Anything can happen. <laughs> yep. Suspend yeah. my disbelief. Get out of here. So a squirrel does show up at the window, uh, just freaking out, and uh, Tippy translates. <laughs> So this other squirrel is warning them that the Squirrel Information Network's forest observatories are reporting that the squirrel astronomers <laughs> are reporting that all of the stars are being blocked out, that something huge is coming to Earth. And, like, they've got some time because it's space be big, but uh, it is coming <laughs> and it is up to them to save Earth from doom most certain. Hint, it is, is in whale? fact Galactus. No, it <laughs> it's is! It's a gigantic. <laughs> it's that... That creature the gigantic space daddy. Yes. But also, can we talk about, like, what a better way to end, like, a comic with a superhero that has such levity and is so grounded and human and conceptually tiny because it's based on a squirrel. Right. Mm-hmm. To say, and now the threat you're going to face is literally <laughs> universe size. Yep. Literal galactic sized. It's yeah. very Issue good. two. This is what you're fighting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Issue two is going to be a good one. I'm I'm very excited for Cannot you guys to wait. read this. I'm, oh, I'm so, so glad both of you liked this because like art is so personal, and sometimes you just don't click with a thing. And Nick didn't know from comics at all, and we had previously talked about how he just kind of didn't think it was his medium, which is completely fair. But also, mm-hmm. like there are a million different ways for comics to be. So yeah, I was. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I, I kind of had this. I admit, I kind of had this like. Uh, I, I've only really seen superhero movies, so I've right. kind of gotten the impression of like, oh, they're all, they all take themselves too seriously, they're all like this, that, and the other thing, right. and there's too many characters and everything, and uh, like, I've, I was very happy to be wrong. <laughs> it was very, yeah. it was really nice to see the, some goofiness that wasn't just comic relief, it was just, the, the comic's just goofy, it's just like that. It right. is. It's really great. Yeah, exactly. And especially seeing like a, like a lead female character who's just funny, is kind of nice and like disturbingly rare uh because yeah. usually it's like you've got like usually like a team of guys and then the one girl who's like really serious and just like all right everybody we got to stay focused and like having yeah. I, I always love seeing funny girls in media because that's just how my life is like all of my female friends are way funnier than me yeah <laughs> so like i'm like why is all why are all these girls in media so serious all the time like that's not how they are <laughs> it's just yeah. like it's nice it makes her feel really like real like an actual person um who just is dressed as a squirrel but that's fine <laughs> because that good. media is <laughs> written by men um, yeah, but yeah, that is there's so is this is this series actually written by men or is it like does it have any it is written by involved? Ryan? It's got North one guy, who, one girl, right? A dude. Um, no, the yeah. um, the girl Erica Henderson who did the uh, she does is, the art and artist? did for oh, okay. I think like the okay. first I I think like eight or ten volumes or something like that. Well, that's still. Um, but yeah, making Ryan. It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and Ryan North is a is a f- firm, staunch feminist in in all of his. How can you work on Adventure Time and not be a fan of representation? And that's see, that's the thing. It's not just that she's a, a, a smart, capable, happy, not joyless team mother nagging of mm-hmm. a woman, but like mm-hmm. she's a woman who has her own costume, is not hypersexualized, which is refreshing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. And, like, there's no romantic anything. She's just a person doing person (laughs) What a blessing. (laughs) Yeah. I was talking about this the other day. Like, I was texting with somebody who, 
You can I'm say Brad. Someone on hand. You can say Brad. It's <laughs> no, okay. No, it was not. It was not Brad. It's. it's I'm moving on. Okay. Um, <laughs> Good. But we'll I matched with someone on Hinge, and we've been talking. And it's this weird combo of, like, we matched right before all of the major lockdown stuff happened in New York City. So we had a couple days of sort of, like, there's a looming something on the horizon, but I don't know. Everything still seems Mm -hmm. to be operating normally. Mm -hmm. Um, And in that time, I was grappling with the idea of, like, okay, this is the first new person that I'm having an online conversation with since I, like, realized that I am, like, identify as asexual and have all these other things that I Mm -hmm. need to now communicate to people, Mm -hmm. but haven't figured out how to communicate effectively. It's the the test person. (laughs) It's the test person. Yeah, it was kind of like, okay, you're my my hamster for this. Um, (laughs) So, so like, that was the first couple days of it. And then it also immediately shifted to, oh, are we going to have our first date in three months? (laughs) Is that about that? Kind of but how romantic sky. you have to you have to like write, write each other letters and it's like one of you is at sea i know and i already don't I, it's already like putting me off <laughs> 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 like i'm extremely judgmental of the way that like people communicate right in general like i need it to be a certain way right and whenever there are people who don't like communicate in effective ways or just don't like listen or pick up cues i'm immediately like i'm so <laughs> <done with them. laughs> Right. So that's been fun. Um, anyway, the point I was getting to was um, he was talking about, like, we were talking about what books we like to read. And he was mentioning, like, oh, uh, he talked about Twilight. And I was like, <laughs> I, pff, never read it, never seen it, don't know. Yeah, don't right. know, not my thing. And he was like, oh, what, what young adult books do you like? And I was like, <laughs> none. <laughs> oh, sad. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't, it's not that I don't want to be able to talk about the books you like with you, but like. I find that young adult as a genre is so heavily focused around romance yes. above and beyond all other aspects of the plot, even if it's trying to also be an adventure story. Hunger Games. And I'm like, if, yes. <laughs> and I was like, I don't care about Team PETA or Team whatever the other kid's name was. Gale, I don't I even care. Like, I mm. am interested in an apocalyptic scenario where this badass girl has to, like, defend herself. Like, just write that. Yeah. I just want to see what she's going to do. Out of it. <laughs> right? <laughs> My God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so, like, that came up in that whole conversation where I was just like, I just, I crave books where, like, it's not that I can't read a book that has a romance story in it. Right. But I don't want it to be the focus if there is a larger stake in place, which <laughs> most of the type of books I read. heard that exact speech almost word for word from me on the show. <laughs> it's true. Podcast. Yes. Like, I don't, it's the same I don't way that like, this. like, yeah, Lord of the Rings has like the Aragorn Arwen yeah. romance. It's right. But it is background. so offhand mentioned and yeah. clearly defeating Sauron is a primary focus. <laughs> it's a priority. <laughs> it's the time sensitive. She's immortal. Right. She can hang around however long. She's fine. <laughs> yeah. Unless Sauron's not defeated, then she might not be fine. <laughs> exactly. So either way, this is the thing we're focusing on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, um, I loved that about this. Any story that I can get right now that is just humans being humans and not focused unnecessarily around something that doesn't make sense to have that magnitude yeah. in its context yeah. is so refreshing. I get is is that like is that a consistent thing throughout the comics, Casey? Does she ever like get any romantic interest, even like one off type things, or is she? Is always it Tomas? I don't want of, it to be Tomas. Is she always just kind of like just doing her thing and making friends? 
Yeah, there is, I think, a fairly brief, like, two or three issue long sort of romantic, ooh, question mark. Not not a will they, won't they thing exactly, but it's just, mm -hmm. it's more an exploration of her character. And before we even hit that point, I will tell you it does not last. Don't worry about it. <laughs> they get to much subtler and much more interesting romantic suggestions later on in the series that I think both of you will approve of. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. All, All right. right. Sure. <laughs> Sure, we'll but see. if you, you know, if I was on Reddit, I would set a remind me right now, and we're gonna come back, and I'll get you if I don't approve. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> By all means. Well, and see, here's the thing: this this book is good at subtlety. Um, there's an aspect later on. I, you know, one of the things when Nick and I were talking about starting this project, I told him, "Look, it's a great. There's uh, there's persons of color left and right. There's tons of LGBT plus." Um, representation. Which absolutely and, blew my frickin' mind because I've never seen any of that before ever in anything that I've ever written. No, see, my, like, my thing is that I don't, I, I, I've kind of found that I don't read too much modern media because I'm yes. expecting mm. that there should be, like, alright, are we gonna get, is it, are, are these characters gonna be gay? No, none of them. Not even single one. Or, oh, there is one, but then they're written off immediately after season one? Okay. Um, that's fine. And then I just get mad. So at least if I read things that are old, I know there's not gonna be any, and I'm not disappointed, <laughs> which is, like, really Fair. sad. But also, like, it keeps me safe in that way. So when I read modern stuff, um, about, like, anything related to gay or representation or anything like that, I just kind of am, like, sitting there, like, how badly is this going to be done or like how mm -hmm. shitty and stereotypical Same. is this representation going to be yeah. and i just don't want to put myself through that so i just don't i just don't and people throw like lgbt stuff at me all the time and i'm just like right. wow wow like swatting it away like no i don't want to i don't want to <laughs> don't do this to me um but yeah i, I tend am, to be like especially yeah. the focused ones are so cliche the ones that are like yeah. this is an lgbt thing i'm like mm -hmm. and they're right. all romances that's the other thing like yeah i'm a gay guy but like i don't want yeah. to i just i don't like I, i'm good like i just want adventures that's it just right. i just want some of them to be right. gay that's all um, but yeah, yeah so i'm totally 100 like willing to give this a chance though and like excited for that controlled exposure where if I hate it, I can vent about it and a bunch of people will hear me. <laughs> That's exactly. how podcasts work. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm hyped. So gentlemen, it is the end of the first episode. I'm very glad that you both enjoyed the first issue of Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Did you find someone to whom to give your Huxtable Nancy. Awards? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Um, actually, yeah, no, Nancy. <laughs> Nancy's She's great. Fair. Yeah. That's reasonable. Just like in Jet, not yeah. like a specific thing, but just like Strictly the, the entire Strictly for the fact that, definitely... that she's keeping a cat against the rules. Because Correct. I'm also keeping a cat against the rules. There you go. So right there go. I, I think it was literally just the like breaking an unjust law is justice at its finest was like, yeah. That's yeah. It. So you're yeah. both you know what Nancy. Very um, good. Should we, since this is like technically a fresh podcast, just like clearly define the Huxtable Award for people? I suppose we should. Uh, the Huxtable Award, listeners of the final Podblum will know, is an award given in the name of Thornycroft Huxtable, who was both someone who sounds like I would make them up uh, when <laughs> trying to remember a real name and was also just a genuinely wholesome character in a Sherlock Holmes story uh, who wasn't there for crimes and just wanted things to be good. So uh, in every episode of the final Podblum following that one and in every episode of this show we each have a Huxtable award to give which is just a token of recognition to a character that we thought or even a situation or a building or a lunch. Who knows? Uh, oh, that we're we think expanding deserves... it. All right. 
Yeah. Wow. Um, that we think deserves recognition for being good or wholesome or that we just particularly enjoyed. Both of you gave mm. yours to Nancy, which is completely correct. Mine, <laughs> and this is this is very rare. I've never had a first page Huxtable before. It's one of the muggers because yeah. me, oh. I, I, I wrote it you down. You always come out of left field with these. I love it. I wrote my last one was expect. my last one was a swan sitting in a hole in the <laughs> ice on a frozen lake. That's true, mm-hmm. but um, <laughs> my Huxtable for this issue goes to the first mugger who is robbing the guy in the park and says, "Hey, Mister, give us your purse." Mugger don't care about gendered accessories. Mugger just want a mug. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I mean, sure, yeah. <laughs> That made the, me I, very happy. Right? I was the guy. This is a satchel. Exactly. <laughs> this is yeah. my messenger bag, bro. Exactly. Yeah. He's like, that's great. I'm more interested in what's in it. <laughs> I don't know. It just very made good. me very happy. I'm but... not judging you. Just give me the content. <laughs> Correct. It was very good. It made me very happy. So mm. I thought that in addition to our Huxtables, Every issue, we could invent a new Squirrel Scout merit badge, something I'm blatantly stealing from Lumberjanes, which is another really excellent comic. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't know if we wanted to each come up with a badge ourselves or come up with one collaboratively. I think we should collaborate just because the award is individual, so we've got a nice one of each. Yeah, Yeah. and also then you're going to have, like, what's math? 165 merit badges if we all that's each true. Yeah. that's that's, that's not gonna fit on a sash it's, it's we can be really the squirrel not. council who all has to like agree on yes. what the badges yeah yeah okay <laughs> well then for the first merit badge uh because this was my dumb idea i propose it is either the uh maintaining consistency across databases badge or uh-huh. the college administration badge because craven <laughs> Maintaining consistency was a reference to the computer science thing, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I like that one. Okay. It's like, I'm here for that you one. You know, you got right. superheroes who, I appreciate it because she has a theme, but she's not, yeah. and she's and all about also, that. Because you make the good point about like, somebody's like, why aren't you going to college for what you're good at? And it's like, no, well, I'm already good at that. I'm going to get this other skill set. Right? Like, yeah. Oh, what an admirable life decision. Exactly. <laughs> you gotta like, you gotta branch out. It's great. She is always growing and always learning. Okay, so we've got the maintaining consistency across multiple databases badge. I'm sure yes. I mangled that phrase because I'm not a computer scientist. Unlike Ryan North, I don't have two degrees in computer science. So <laughs> um, I have one degree in uh, what's AA stand art. I have a de- no. <laughs> I have a degree in went to college. It's just art um, twice. Exactly. Art, art degree. <laughs> I have a degree in double art. That's what I um, do. <laughs> so there we go. Uh, fan artists, get to that. I think we'll. I think we tell us what you think the maintaining consistency across multiple databases badge looks like, and we will find the best one or the one that we think is most spiritually near, mm. and mm-hmm. uh, we'll make that. We'll do something with. It. We'll figure it out. Now the last thing, the last uh, recurring bit where I ask you guys to help me make stuff up. Um, oh, actually, you know what? Real quick, Andrew, you were talking about how you hate when books do the romance thing badly or the the uh, the girl protagonist badly, etc. Um, mm-hmm. I yeah. thought that because this production, uh, this comic is so representative and so inclusive of um, women and people of color and LGBT, etc., um, 
I thought every issue maybe we could maybe highlight like a creator who is also doing that work who is maybe a woman or a person of color or a person of the like is there is there not necessarily an author like that but an author who you think works in that genre you described well or who does well what no, others there's do 100% she is a woman and a person of color and an author in kind of that genre. Is it N.K. <laughs> Jemisin? No. It is N.K. Jemisin. Yes! She's not in that genre. She's more in sci-fi fantasy. But, yes. like, of course she's going to be my first shout-out. Yeah. Um, I follow her on Twitter, and she is full of the righteous anger of Nancy Whitehead it's 24-7, true. <laughs> and I love it. Excellent. Um, I'm so here for it. She She single-handedly rewrote my interpretation of several video games because she's also a streamer sometimes what (laughs) fun fact she streams video games occasionally that's so like last night she streamed resident evil 3 and all of her streams are like charity so everything that like was donated during the stream last night was like she was just posting like relief efforts for people who are unemployed right now of course um so it's like she's just like championing good causes (laughs) but um yeah she's amazing um and she has i've read several of her essays um she's just i mean she's a proud black woman she is a proud black woman within the fantasy sci-fi community which is like so largely dominated by straight white men right that like that's why i found her books and it was almost jarring i remember the first chapter i was kind of like this whoa this is not like how do i read this this is not like any kind of writing was it was that uh was that the fifth season Yes, yeah. the fifth season was the first one I read. So that's the first in the Broken Earth trilogy, which is a great starting point for her. But any of her ser- the Inheritance uh, trilogy and the Dreamblood duology are all like very good. And she just came out with a new book. I think it's released. If not, it'll that, be released by the time this episode goes. Is up, that the sure. city? The the city we became. Yes. Yeah, I looked that up. Um, I pre-ordered it. I looked it up so we could drop that. It's, yeah, uh, it's I've also be pre-ordered it in October, I believe. And that one is about like a city coming to life like in a mythological sense like in a genius yeah. loci sense i'm very she bases a lot of her stuff off of like mythological things but her whole thing is like she's writing fantasy that is not set in a european correct fant- fantasy setting finally um so like the Dreamblood <laughs> duology is very heavily based on like a lot of egyptian like ancient egyptian yeah. cultural things and like stuff like that so she's like tying in cultures that don't get represented in fantasy a yeah lot. her character is um, frequently not white Correct. Most, mostly not white, yeah. largely. Um, and she's, I don't know, it's just like she's incredibly, her LGBT character inclusion, the way that she writes them in, is exactly the way I think they need to be written in. Yeah. Like, there there was a, it's, it's like, it's an offhand reference to the thing that makes them different, mm-hmm. as just like her character's perspective is, is like, there's one transgender character in one of the uh books where i believe they're in like a bathing scenario and this child character that she's writing from the perspective of literally just makes an observation briefly about genitals or something mm-hmm. in an offhand completely non-judgmental tone mm-hmm. and then just continues forward and interacts with that person like it was just like yeah here's yeah. a detail that i've given you that that child noted about seeing a new person but also like that child was noting the genitals of cisgender people and like blah 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 so they're just noting things about the people around Mm -hmm. them and then they just interact with everyone as humans because they're all just humans and it's like the most perfect version of inclusion that i've ever seen 
And I mean, in the fantasy genre, there are not many versions of yeah, inclusion I've right. ever seen, yeah. but on. it's a very high bar that I think most writers should be trying to reach. Well, mm-hmm. and and lest the gentle listener, um, who it may may be a white dude who thinks sci-fi and fantasy should be dominated by that, lest she be accused of, you know, well, everyone thinks she's special only because she's including these. Let me tell you how good a goddamn writer N.K. Jemisin is. Uh. She won the Hugo, the award for best novel three years in a row for mm-hmm. the three books in the Broken Earth trilogy, which is Her entire <laughs> trilogy completely <laughs> unprecedented. Yeah. I love it. Wow. It's, it's insane. It's like there's nothing to compare it to. It's not a thing that happens. No. <laughs> Why have I anyway. wasting my time reading other things? But <laughs> For real. Yeah, Nicola, yeah. I'm going to buy you a copy. I'm going to send you... Uh, you still have a Kindle, don't you? I do. Yeah, I, um, I got a... F- Find out where the truck... No, I got it. Yeah, I got it all right here. I, I don't use cool. it very... I bought it... I literally needed it for one book <laughs> that didn't have sure. physical copies <laughs> in print. It was a DS9 novel, it? it? was a D-Space 9 novel, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but... <laughs> did you not know that? Yeah. Um, but... So I have one now. Yeah, no, it's great. I actually really enjoy using it. Um, I had never cool. read ebooks before that. Uh, but there is super easy and I like it and I will yeah. use it if I have books on it. So <laughs> very good. I'm going to send you a yeah, copy definitely. of the fifth cool. season. It is right. very good. Uh, well, yes. NK Jemison was going to be my author to read this shout out as well. Nicholas, do you have a, um, a female POC LGBT, any, any creator out there, either, either creator who is, you know, diverse or a creator who is producing diversity in their work who you think deserves some attention? I'm very embarrassingly behind on just any kind of media i just totally fair dude my life has been such a shambles lately that i just haven't really (laughs) been reading anything other than the sherlock holmes stories for our podcast and then uh this uh let me just give me one second try to think can i say deep space nine can i like yeah absolutely yeah live your life (laughs) okay yeah, yeah no uh yeah i'm i'm star trek is like one of my big uh big fan not phantoms but i guess uh mm-hmm. things that i enjoy that's uh, very popular but um deep space nine is like kind of a lesser known series even to people who have heard of star trek before and um it was made in the 90s so it suffers from that being that uh <laughs> occasionally but in general uh the representation on that show is extremely good for the time and even for now um about half of the cast is people of color and the the captain is a black man and he's done extremely well avery brooks uh the actor who plays captain cisco had a lot of creative control over the character mm-hmm. he fought a lot for um creative control over how his character <laughs> he fought was, a lot uh, in general <laughs> just yeah. in general but um uh over how his character was uh portrayed on the show and it resulted in an extremely fascinating dynamic uh character and uh the series itself is really good if you like star trek but haven't seen deep space nine yet i would really hard recommend it there is uh not really any uh good lgbt representation besides dax there's one episode uh where there's a really sweet good uh lesbian romance between her and another character it was one episode but it was a very yeah. good episode and actually quite well done so um but in general i always throw deep space nine at people as like you gotta see this it's like it's uh it's unheard of in the, in terms of and star trek's always been pretty good at forcibly like trying aggressively to get multiple yeah. nationalities on screen and deep space nine is right. one of the best uh 
I think examples of that, particularly for Cisco, loved it. So he's also an awesome dad. Uh, on he has a son on until the show until the Dominion the, War starts. The father son, yeah. Um, but the father son <laughs> relationship between Cisco and Jake is also one of the best, uh, like just nicest, wholesome father son relationships that I've seen. They're extremely loving on camera to the point where like I was wondering if they were actually related, if they were like actually father yeah. and son or like nephew or something like that, just because their interactions are so natural. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll put that out for sure. Deep Space Very Nine is good. good yeah, no, Deep Space Nine is really good. Uh, we just finished it and it's my favorite Star Trek series, uh, mostly because it gives me more, more Worf than, uh, <laughs> yeah. TNG did. And <laughs> I am also here there. for yeah. Good boy. He tries <laughs> so hard. Um, also in Deep Space Nine, there was, a, there was, it was a bit of a throwaway line, which is really the way to do these. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the exact circumstances, but, um, I think Cisco and Bashir we're talking about uh are you going to the to the baby shower and they i I forget the exact wording but it was clear it was explicit that the Mm -hmm. the baby shower was for a him like it was a him who was yeah yeah that that was like an opener conversation they were having before it led into the scene it was a cold open that was a walk and talk yeah i i i think that was more of a joke at like wow look how wacky all these aliens are um yeah but and I mean, it was kind of a joke on that because even even in a show famous for its for its aliens, like there's not a lot of um, what do you call it, like sexual dimorphism. Most of the aliens still, even in DS9, are just people with weird foreheads, as the case mm-hmm. may be. Yeah, um, true. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I think it was just a dig at the idea that like they could try some really weird shit if they wanted to, but mostly it was like, no, these people are from this species. They all look the same. They don't have secondary or tertiary <laughs> sex characteristics unless they're ones humans also have. So I yeah. think, like, maybe it was a little dig at that. It, it definitely wasn't, like, this is them trying to, be, like, extend a hand. But, uh, oh, no, absolutely not. I don't think no. they'll, uh, I don't think they'll ever address, uh, trans issues well on Star Trek, or at least not in the near future. I'm not expecting it that's whatsoever. Fair. I just don't think that, I think that's too much. <laughs> Which is saying quite a lot for even Star Trek. You know but, what's interesting um, is yeah. that... Star Trek keeps going back, like, and and somebody pointed out that, like, Deep Space Nine is the latest series, chronologically. Like, it takes place the farthest in the future, and they keep going back. Voyager was before that, Enterprise was before that, Discovery is before that, and it's mm-hmm. because, I mean, the theory, the the discourse, says mm. that it's because it's it's harder and harder to think of a more purely optimistic exploratory future anymore. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh. as society... <laughs> Yeah, as society changes, the type of media that we want to consume changes with that to, like, where usually if things are pretty good culturally, uh, we're creating, like, grittier, more intense, scary kind of characters. We're like, whoa, cool, evil. Uh, But when things are really dark and uh, scary, you don't – people just don't really want to watch that because they're living it. Um, It's true. Yeah, uh, Mm -hmm. which is why Squirrel Girl is great. But – yeah, I, shouldn't say, I, I really shouldn't say never. Uh, I, I think that there's... I, I, I don't know. I should probably clarify that by saying I don't think it'll never happen, but I don't think that a show like Star Trek or something that deals with aliens so much should address it. I think it should be more of like if it's an all-human, because people already think right. transgender people are aliens. We don't need an actual yeah. alien character who right. has, Let's you know, bring them <laughs> into a grounded universe. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. So that's that's kind of where I'm, where I'm at with that. That... 
I, I understood that to be the big problem with that Netflix picture, uh, Bright with Will Smith, which I did not watch. But like, it was I Will Smith it, was yeah. a was a he was a cop, and there's orcs and fairies and all kinds of shit. And it was supposed to be an allegory for race relations. But like, his partner is an orc. He's not happy <laughs> we about love it. Love making different races, other creatures, <laughs> not real humans. bad. But yeah. even then, like, they also still had regular human racism on top of that. So the thing they were trying to put together. <laughs> Just what are you doing? What a Real mess. Bad. Yeah, yeah, so go watch DS9. Uh, go read N.K. Jemison. All of it is fantastic. And the final thing, the very last thing that I will spring on you guys, and you do, I don't need any input from you on this one yet. I thought mm-hmm. every episode maybe we could take a lesson or an idea or something from the episode and uh, come up with a Squirrel Scout oath every time. <laughs> and this is the one I have so much for this episode. Fair enough. Well, I thought we could. So, so everybody has a Huxtable. There are three Huxtables, and the Squirrel Scout badge is collaborative. I thought that the Squirrel Scout oath could be rotating. Like one of us comes up with it every week. It's an individual thing. Maybe not. All right. These are a lot of ideas I <laughs> yeah, had I because don't hate it. That's no, a I don't more hate it. I've been thinking about this for a long time. I'm very excited to make things with my friends. So, Squirrel Scout oath number one. Because and this is going back to when um, Doreen had severe mixed feelings about like is having a secret identity lying to my friends like does this make me a bad person squirrel scout oath number one a squirrel scout shall be honest and true but also know when to protect those whom the truth would endanger that rules i love Mm. it love that (laughs) i like i i think i consume I think we all do a lot of media very passively. Um, I'm really enjoying the 2015 uh, run of Doctor Strange uh, that, that mm. I didn't think. And that's another thing, Nick. You talked about how like the Marvel movies are all dark and gritty. Like the Doctor Strange movie was fine. It didn't invest me in the character. <laughs> it was pretty. It was different from most of the mm-hmm. other stuff. But like these Doctor Strange comics are real, real good, guys. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> I'm just chomping those down, yeah. and I'm not taking anything from them. I'm not actively reading them. So I want to do more active media consumption i want to look for things in what i'm doing so mm-hmm. i took a lesson from this issue of squirrel girl and listeners we hope you do too um nice. this episode is actually going to go up way earlier than we planned because right now at our podcast network semi-auto magic inc um in an effort of like the world's real bad right now and people are locked up and we can't do much about that but we can release our patreon exclusive content and if we can bring any like comfort or hope or even just distraction to people yeah like if we're a fun way to kill i'm a really bit, glad you, you guys did that uh yeah that you decided to do that uh i say you guys i'm part of the team sort of but uh you really, really are dude was, i'm really glad that was decided uh yeah because i mean like it, it's yeah it's good it, it was a good choice yeah so we're just releasing mm-hmm. all of our stuff. We're releasing this show. We're releasing the Gerald Field Report, where Thony and I go over uh, watch through Hey Arnold. We're releasing Peculiar Objects, where Thony runs kids on bikes for a couple of us, which is a really fun sort of Stranger Things-esque um, tabletop adventure. And, uh, like, this this show we're doing right now is not going to be, like, regular. Like, we hadn't planned to, like, launch this for another six months. So this isn't going to be a, there's, you know, going to be a new Squirrel Scouts thing every week. But uh, we hope mm-hmm. you enjoy it. And when it eventually launches properly, we hope you'll become listeners. Until then, um, mm-hmm. be kind to yourselves. Be kind to each other. The world is friggin' crazy right now. And um, don't forget to eat nuts and kick butts should the occasion call for it.
You can find us at the Twitter handle I'll probably have for this show by the time this comes out. I'll go make one right now after this. Um, you can you can tweet <laughs> at, yes. You can tweet at us. Uh, you can send us your art for the Squirrel Scout badge. Uh, you can send us all your stuff. We would love it. Ryan North, Erica Henderson, Marvel Comics Inc. Please do not sue us. I'm not 100 percent sure if we're actually allowed to make this show, but it's fine. Probably. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Until then, all our buddies. This is Squirrel Scout Double Dare signing off. Squirrel Scout Space Cadet signing off. Squirrel Scout Bubbles signing off. Squirrel Scouts, squirrel out. <laughs>